0: We've been going through a through a series that we kicked off in the first of January, kind of our 2015 kickoff, and we titled it Purpose. And I really wanted to emphasize how important it is for us to grab a hold of that God wants us to experience our God-given purpose. I kicked it off with that the first weekend. And from that, just kind of a little snippet. we we found that every person is born very unique and very awesome for a God-desired purpose, right? Then last week we, we we talked about how we need to embrace the purpose that God has for us. And if you remember, one of the one of the key points that I want you to kind of grab a hold of as we're as we're going into this third part uh, is that you never know where the road of life is going to take you. There are twists and turns on the road of life, and even some people in your life may hurt you during this life, and you find out that God has a purpose in all that, and he can work all things out. We also found that he can turn tragedy into testimony. He can bring glory into a situation in our lives, especially as God's people. And so today I want to end the series with a title, um, God Wants Us to Fulfill His Purpose. So fulfill the purpose of God. And I think that's important because not only does God want us to experience the purposes that he has for us, not only does he want for us to embrace the purposes, but he also wants to complete them. He wants to fulfill them in our lives, and as we do that, we're going to go to a passage in Scripture that's really going to help us because we're going to see uh, from from Peter's uh, uh, first letter that he gives us four experiences, four things that we experience in in our life, in our walk with God, that 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 show us how you're going to fulfill these purposes. And some of them, you're going to say, "I don't like that." And some of them, uh, let me just say this, I, I, I'm not thinking about a person, a couple, when I put the message together, I'm just following the direction of God, and, and so um, I'm not, I am definitely not going like this, I'm saying it comes to me first, amen? So I want you to know that from the front side, so that you won't tell me afterwards, Pastor, when you're reading my mail... Um, So let's pray. So we go to the word. Father, thank you. Um, As we open up your word, we ask, Lord God, that you will just shine your light upon our souls, upon our hearts, our minds. Father, uh, we're going to open up your word, and we're going to open up our our hearts to receive what you have for us. Each individual in here, Lord God, is going through a a different uh, different maybe trial, a different uh, uh, mountaintop. Uh, But all of us together, we need to hear your voice. And so we know that you speak through your word, and uh, I just pray that I, I as your, as your vessel today, will will preach a message that's going to bring glory to the name of Jesus, and that it th- this message will not just stay here in the f- in the four walls, of of this building, but it will be taken out and it will be experienced in our life, and we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So I'm going to read from from uh, from the New American Standard Bible, and I'm going to read. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 11 in 1 Peter. And the Bible says, Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with this same purpose. And everyone just from the first verse said, I don't like suffering. He said, Because he, had, he <coughs> or she who has suffered in the flesh or in our body has ceased from sin. So as to live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for the lust of men, but for the will of God. And, and that's important because Jesus taught us to pray, Father, let your will be done here on earth or here in my life as it is in heaven. Okay. For the time already past is sufficient for you to have carried out the desires of the Gentiles. And, and the Gentiles were contrast to the Israelites to because the Israelites had the the oracles of God or the laws of God, and the Gentiles didn't know anything, so they didn't know how to live, and they lived their lives in in, in ways that did not glorify God. Okay, so he says, having pursued a course of sensuality, uh, lust, drunkenness, carousals, drinking parties, abominable idolatries, and in all this, they are surprised that you do not run with them into the same Excess of dissipation, that word just means a wasteful life. Okay, dissipation is a big word, it just means wasteful living. And they malign you, or they slander you, or they persecute you. But they shall give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For the gospel has for this purpose been preached even to those who are dead, and though they are judged in the flesh as men, they may live in the spirit according to the will of God. Now, this is important because that verse is, is a very difficult verse to, 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 uh, to interpret or to actually understand. But let me give you what I believe the interpretation is. There's three different ones, and this is the one that I believe is probably the strongest. And that is that, that the gospel was preached to those who were dead. Okay, when a person dies, you're sealed in that state. You cannot make a decision anymore. So it has to be another translate another interpretation. To the pre- people that were dead it was preached. Before we come to Christ we are dead in our sins. And you have to be born again through the through the gospel. So what Peter's saying is that it was preached to those that were dead but it brought life through the spirit because you become a spirit a spirit filled person. After that, amen? Makes a lot of sense to me. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be of sound judgment and be sober uh, spirit for the purpose of prayer. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaint as each of you has received a special gift. Employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks, let him speak as it were the utterances of God. Whoever serves, let him do so as by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. amen. Four experiences that the Bible reveals are evident in fulfilling God's purposes. The first one that i see this is one thing that you will experience in your life whether you're a believer or not a believer we will all experience suffering we may not want to experience we may not like it but we will all experience suffering the bible says since christ has suffered in the flesh or in the body arm yourselves also with this same purpose he says get ready Get ready for these things to happen because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Anyone who teaches or anyone who thinks that suffering is not a part of our present existence is not teaching or they're not thinking biblical. You have a lot of teaching going on that as Christians, you're not going to suffer. Not true. We live in a world we live in, a, in, a, in, in an existence, we live in families, we, we ourselves are a part of families, and because we all fall short of the glory of God, we have the potential to hurt someone, or say things wrong, or, or, or something happens, some uh, catastrophe will go on, and it will, it will bring suffering into our lives. So you will, we will experience suffering. Suffering. But when we allow these difficulties to point us to lean on Christ, we will learn to obey God. The Bible says that Jesus was God's son, and he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Sometimes when we're going through a trial, it really, it really... uh, moves us in the direction where we're either going to trust in God and we're going to be obedient or we're going to blame God for what we're going through. And you say, you know what, if this is what walking with God is like, I'm just going to walk away. I'm not going to do, you know what, I don't even care. This, 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 my life is horrible. It's a mess. Can I tell you something? That your life may go through some suffering with God, but you will have him at your side. And can I tell you that if you walk away from God, you'll face your problems and those difficulties on your own. And you will not be able to overcome them on your own. I love the way that author and pastor Max Lucado put it. He said, a season of suffering is a small assignment when compared to the reward. Rather than begrudge your problem, explore it, ponder it, and most of all, use it, use it to the glory of the living God. Can I tell you, when a problem comes upon us, when a a trial, when a difficulty comes upon us, instead of begrudging and getting upset, God, why am I going through this? What did I do wrong? Instead of saying that, say, Lord, teach me in this difficulty how to be more like Christ. How to become more the person that you called me to be. Because I will never be able to do it on my own. You see, beloved? Suffering is all around us. It's all around us because sin is all around us. And any person that is capable of sinning is capable of hurting. But Jesus Christ came so that he could live a sinless life and so that he could give us abundant life, so that he could give us abundant hope, so that he could be with us through whatever difficulty we're going through. We will not stop suffering until that trumpet sounds and that eastern sky is split and Jesus comes and the dead will rise first and those that are alive are going to go behind them and there's going to be a glorious celebration and every tear will be wiped from the eye of every person that's ever hurt and every pain will be done away with. But until that day, we all are hoping for that day. We have not realized that day. And, the, and if we preach another, another gospel, which is a false gospel that says that you're never going to go through difficulties, it's a lie. You need to know this, that in this life, you will have difficulties and trials, but you can be of good cheer because Jesus overcame every trial in the room. So here's, here's some things that we can grab a hold of, some applications, okay, three of them. First time, First thing, in times of difficulty... Allow your suffering to prompt you to trust God for comfort and guidance. When you're going through a difficulty, let, it, let those difficulties prompt you to trust in God. You know what the beautiful thing about all these people that came up for prayer? The beautiful thing is they were obedient and they got out of their seats and they say, I can't tackle this situation. I can't tackle this problem on my own. I can't do it. I'm going to go. I want God to be a part of the solution. It's beautiful. The Bible says this in First Peter five ten. After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to His eternal glory in Christ, will Himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. He said, "After you have suffered a little while," Evelyn lived a hundred and three years, but in the in the, in the in the in the in the in the brink of eternity. That's a blink of an eye. When you're suffering, you think, I've been going through this. I've been going through this for a month. I've been going through this for five months. I've been going through this for a year. It's small compared to eternity with God. The second application, approach every difficulty with the assurance that with Christ, nothing has the power to steal our joy. Hear me now. Because there's some of you in here that the devil's still in your joy. Not God, the devil. He's still in your joy. He's he has you, and you're like, oh, my life is miserable. It's miserable because you're allowing it to be miserable. You're not going to God. Instead of running to God, you're running from God. Instead of embracing God, you're 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 running. And so uh, I'm going to go into the next point. You're going to see where I'm going to go right now. And 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 you're going to the things that are not going to bring you joy. Jesus will bring you joy. It says uh, um, in in First Peter again. In (coughs) 5, verses 3 through 5, it says, more than that, we rejoice in our sufferings. How many of you jump up and down and say, yay, yeah, thank you. No, we go, we go, I don't like this. We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces, it produces something, Endurance. And endurance will produce character, and character will produce hope, and hope will never put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The love of God will never leave us and abandon us. The love of God will carry us. The love of God will will fill us. The love of God will be there with us so that we can have the joy of God. And the third application, instead of blaming God for your trials, allow him to grow you into a person who will mirror Christ, who will reflect Christ. In your problems, who are you looking like? Are you looking more like the devil and his foes, or are you looking like Christ and those saints that follow him? When you go through difficulties, it's an opportunity for us to shine bright. Instead of flipping the bird. Because you want to. Come on. You wanna fl- you wanna flip that birdie birdie birdie? Give some praise. Raise your hand up to God. Give him glory. The Bible in James uh one verses two through four, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials and various of various kinds. I thought the lights went off there. For you know, I'm, going, I'm suffering. <laughs> For you know that the, the testing of your faith is going to produce steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Con- consider it pure joy. Consider it pure joy. The second thing that we must experience to fulfill God's purpose is all of us have to experience separation. The Bible teaches us that we must separate from the old life of sin. And this is sometimes instant and sometimes it's progressive. You have to take, you, you, were, you were living with the world, you were living in the world, you were living in this, in this life. And when you came to Jesus, you know that that life does not fill the void in your heart. And you come to Christ and, and he fills you and he touches you and he receives you where you're at and he loves on you. And with that, you're transferred from the old life where you were in the domain of darkness and hell. And he transferred you into the domain, into the kingdom of his beloved son in light. God will progressively move us forward. He'll he'll progressively take us out of the life that was destroying us. And that's that's why the apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, he says, Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? He said don't fool yourself, those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship. Now notice the word indulge because all of us fall short. We all sin. What we're talking about here is practicing where you do it every day and you choose to do it. He said, anyone who indulges in sexual sin or who, who worships idols or commits adultery or is a male prostitute or practices homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. But it doesn't stop there. It gives us a glimpse of excitement and encouragement. It says, some of you were once like that. Who? Some of us were once like that, and some of us were leaders in the pack. (laughs) We were leaders in the pack, and we did all those things, sexual immorality and drunkenness and all these different things. But God touched us. He reached down, and he grabbed us where we were at in the mud, and he brought us into a different light, and he gave us a new start, and he gave us a, 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 a race course where we could see the finish line, and the finish line is Jesus. He says, some of you were such like this, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God. How? By what you did? By changing your lifestyle? No, by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God, you were cleansed and you were made right. But can I tell you something, beloved? Beloved? Because he cleansed us, because he made us right, he progressively will move in our hearts and in our minds to change us, to become more like Jesus, and to stop the life that was destroying us, and it is destroying people all around us. All I know is that sin will take us into bondage, and that Christ has set us free. The Bible says, if Christ has set you free, you are free indeed. You're not that person anymore. You're not, you're not. I'm not who I used to be. Say that to someone. I am not who I used to be. I am not who I used to be. And your husband and your wife say, well, you, sure you need to change a little bit more. I'm not. I'm not who I used to be. The Bible you know, here's the thing, they are going to have people they are going to mock you, you're going to have friends that are going to say, what's up, who do you think you are? The Bible, Peter, Peter talked about that. You need to know, uh, it makes it clear, Peter said, you have had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy. You've had enough of it. You don't do that anymore. Now, their immorality and their lust, their feasting, their drunkenness, the wild parties, the terrible worship of idols, and all of these things go hand in hand. When you're partying and when you're drunk, you will worship other things. When you're you're sexually immoral, you will be doing things. You will not be walking in the love of God. All of these things go hand in hand. Sin destroys. Sin is bondage. He says, come away from that. And then he says, of course, your former friends, they're surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things that they do. Because why are they surprised? Because you used to do them. Amen. Why do people people have sex outside of marriage? Why why do people people, uh, have uh, sexual affairs? Uh, uh, Why why do people, uh, uh, let's talk about that real quick. Why do they do that? Because it feels good. Come on. But it doesn't honor God. And God is the originator of sexual intimacy. I I don't know if you know that. But he made your body. And he made our children. But he wants us to live in the boundaries and the confines of honoring him with everything that we do. And it brings glory to God. And it's healthy. And it's good for us. Amen. Amen. Now, why do people party? Why do people get drunk? Why do people do drugs? Why? Because it takes them to a place where they get they they they, they feel they feel better. They feel like if they uh, they can they can cope. It's a coping mechanism. It's a way of escape. Okay. And so so Peter's talking about this. He's saying all these things were happening when Peter was writing it. There was there was people that were partying. There were people that were sleeping around. There was all these things. And, and, and Peter saying, let me tell you, your friends are going to say, what is wrong with you? Why are you doing this? Because it's foreign to them. Amen? But he says this, your friends are going to be surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destruct, destructive things that they do. So they will slander or persecute you. But remember that they will have to face God. Who stands ready to judge everyone, both the living and the dead. Now, that's a very sobering sight because here's the thing God doesn't want to face anyone with wrath, He wants to face everyone with grace. And He did that through offering Jesus Christ. So I, I thought about this, and l- let me tell you, beloved, I, I, I'm not speaking to anyone here. I'm just, as the Lord directed me, we need, I think we need to understand this, that, that you cannot fulfill the purposes of God living in sexual sin. You can't. So if, so, if you're a young person in here, and, 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 and the girl, if you're a young man, you're a teenager, and a girl comes up to you and she says, I want to have sex with you. And your response is going to say, well, I want to have sex with you too. But... I want to put a ring on your finger. I want to honor you. I want for, I want for it, us to do it the right way. You see, beloved, because we, we're not living where we used to live. We're living where God lives. And so we we begin to change our minds. And, and 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 so when someone comes to you and they say, you know what, we come on, let's go party. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go hit a leno. Come on, let's let's do a let's just do, do a doobie. Let's do a line. And you say, you know what, bro? Why don't we line up and go to church? Why don't we line up and go go to a small group? Let me tell you, there's a high that I can show you that's greater than any any doobie and any line of Coke or crystal meth. And that's that's a line that comes from Jesus Christ. You see, there's got to be a walking away. There's got to be a separation. Someone says, you know what? I think we should live together because we got We got to try this out. we got to make sure that it's going it's to work. You say, chale tamale. We're not going to try nothing out. You're either going to marry me or hasta la vista, baby. Amen? And, and we do those things because there's commitment. You see, love commits itself. Love commits. And, 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 and there has to be that separation. You know, last year we went through <coughs> I Am Second. And, and we saw a lot of stories, and we're all a story. All of us in here, we're a story. We're a testimony to God, not a testiphony, a testimony, okay? And so every one of us is a testimony. But I want us to look at this guy from Corn. His name is Brian, and they call him Head Welch. And he's a rock dude, and, and people worship him. They worshiped him. They great, One of the greatest guitarists you've ever heard. And he came to the place in his life that he was empty, and he needed Jesus. Let's hear a story real quick. Himself from the old life. Beloved, there's there's some of you in here that that God is touching your heart, he's touching your life, and I believe that he wants for you to know more than anything is that you're not going to succeed as a child of God the way that you can if you don't separate from that life that has tried to destroy you. So, how do we apply that, Pastor? What do we do here? I've got some applications for your outline the first thing is you make the choice to separate from people that hinder you from fulfilling God's purpose there are people in our lives that are not good for us and there's times that we're not good for people amen in fact the bible says don't be misled bad company will corrupt a good character so you begin to pray through this and Pray to to God about who you're hanging out with and let him begin to remove people that are going to hinder you from fulfilling the purpose God has for you. The second thing is you need to make the choice of staying away from places that don't honor God. You don't walk into the door of a place that you know is going to bring you down and a place that's not going to honor God. Amen? The Bible says don't team up with those who are unbelievers how can unrighteous be a partner with wickedness? How can, a, how can a light live with darkness? And what it's telling us is you have to be very careful in the places that you go because if you go to those places, it can bring you down and stop you from fulfilling the purposes of God. Number three is don't try to open doors that God is closing for your own good. There's doors that God closes. He says, don't go there anymore. Don't, don't be a part of that life anymore. I'm going to close the door. And sometimes we're trying to open it with all our strength. Don't do that. The Bible says, I know all the things you do. I have opened a door for you that no one will be able to close. Do you believe that God wants to open a good door for you? I believe so. In fact, I know so because I have been able to experience that from my own life. I preach something that's been lived. We, we experience something that we live. Amen. He goes on to say, uh, you have little strength, yet you have obeyed my word, and you did not deny me. Really, really sound things. The, the third experience, the third experience that we need in order to fulfill God's purpose is we need to experience love. When you hear from people that are fulfilling the purposes of God in their lives, they're fulfilling them because they're walking in the love of God. Brian Head Welch said that when he cried out to God, there was a presence of love that saturated his heart and his mind. And that love that came into his life changed his whole heart. You will never fulfill the purposes of God without experiencing his love. Steve said it perfectly. He accepted Christ with his mouth, but he never experienced the love of God. See, some of you, right now, the devil's playing you like a harmonica. He's playing you like a harmonica because he's lying to you, saying, You're not loved. You're not special. There's nothing about you. That is. A lie from the pit of hell. You are loved. You are special. You're unique. There's no one like you. And God loves you just where you're at. But you will never, hear me now, beloved, you will never fulfill God's purpose by living a life of anger. If you're angry, you're never going to fulfill the purposes of God. You're never going to fulfill the purposes of of God if you are allowing bitterness to sour your soul. Or building a wall of prejudice. You see, there's some people in here, you you struggle, there's prejudice there. You know what, you struggle, and you even protect yourself. You say, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that, because I don't know if I really like them. That's not from God. Prejudiced will keep you from fulfilling your plan. Whether it's ethnicity that you're prejudiced against, a race, whether it's social status, whether it's denominational, all these different things, that's not from God. Or, or by hating people. Hate is not the character of God's people. It's not. Love is. And we will never, 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 ever, ever, ever fulfill God's purposes if we don't receive his forgiveness. Because when you receive the forgiveness of God, and someone needs to hear this today, you receive the forgiveness of God, then you won't live a guilt-driven life. Where you never forgive yourself. You're every, I'm so bad. I did this. I had this thought. Well, your thoughts are not a sin. That's a temptation from the devil. And you think, oh, I'm, I, I'm just so bad. I'm just so bad. And the devil says, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. You got to receive that forgiveness that comes from the cross of Jesus. Jesus said at the cross, it is completed. It is finished. And then when you receive the forgiveness of God, then you need to offer it to other people. Hear me now, beloved. There's some of you in here. There's someone in here who needs to hear this. You're walking around holding on to people. And some of you are taking offenses for people. Whew, that's even, in Spanish they would say, that a tonteria. That's not very smart. You take, oh, I can't believe they did that. People do things. Let people work them out through the forgiveness of God. If you've been forgiven, you offer that forgiveness and you say, you know what, God, you're going to take care of them the right way. Something I can't do. The Bible says, above all, let um, love each other deeply. Love each other deeply because love will cover a multitude of sin. I like that. That's like free credit. You know what I mean? Can I get extra credit, Lord? Yeah, love someone. Okay, because I know I'm going to mess up today. So you love, and it will cover sins, and and love is a choice, right? Let me go to the application because we don't have much time. We'll skip that scripture, but read it at home. Colossians 3, 12 through 14, powerful scripture. But here's how do we experience love? How do we reveal that? First of all, remember that love is a choice, not a feeling. You have to choose to put love on just like I chose to wear this blue coat today. You, you don't always feel like loving. You choose to love. The second thing is small things are big with God's love. I'm sorry are two big words. Please forgive me are three big words. I'm sorry. I'm, I, 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 let me take my ownership of what I did. I'm sorry. You restore relationships that way, beloved. Not by, I can't believe you did this. You ever told someone, you know what, you're badgering me. Don't say that. I've said it before. You, you have to be invest small things with the love of God and they're big. Amen. Sometimes we think we have to have these huge, uh, huge, huge things to, to show love. No, no, no. You start small and let God work. The fourth experience, and we're going to wind down now. We're going to wind down. Everyone's saying, praise the Lord, because I'm getting hungry. (laughs) The fourth experience is you need to experience and you need to use your gift. Everyone in here has a gift. Everyone in here is special. Everyone in here has an ability. And you will never fulfill God's purpose if you don't use your God-given gift. You will always feel that you did not do what you needed to do. That's why uh, uh, Peter put it like this. God has given each of you a gift. Raise your hand. Everyone raise your hand. That's you. God has given each of you a gift. And it says here, from his great variety of spiritual gifts, use them well to serve one another. Can I tell you something? You will fulfill God's purposes when you use your gift to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and the energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever and ever. I'll end with this, guys. Application. How do we apply? How do we apply using our gift? This is more like an application and declaration. All right. Number one experiencing your gift is very important to you because you will, never fu- you will never be fulfilled until you begin to experience your God-given gift. You will never feel like if you're accomplishing what God wants you to do until you start using it. So it's, it's important to you. The second thing is using your gift is important to the world around you. Your world, hear me now, your world is a better place when you use your God-given gift. Your school is a better place. Your work environment is a better place. Your church is a better place. Your your, your social life is a better place when you use your God-given gift. And then the third declaration application is embracing your gift is very important to God. He gave it to you. He wants you to use it. The Bible says everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. And I'm done. Beloved, someone is in here today. Someone is in here today that that God has. You're breaking up my flow, bro. Um, someone is in here today that God is just nudging on your heart. He's drawing you to him. And he wants for you to experience the best. He wants to love on you. And we're no different than, than, uh, than, uh, than uh, uh, Brian Welch. We're no different. We're all people. You're not going to find fulfillment in anything outside of Christ. Christ. You're not going to find love in anything outside of Christ. And Jesus right now, he's saying to you right now, he's saying, I want to embrace your hand. I want to love on you. I want to give you my plan so that you can live a life of fullness. So I want all heads to be bowed because this is the greatest choice that some of you are going to ever make. This is a choice where you're going to give your life to God today because God brought you for this very reason. I'm going to pray a prayer. And I want you to agree with me if this is you right here. Everyone, God, I am a sinner. And I need your forgiveness. Without you, I can never become the person that you created me to be. I am so lost without you. Lost without true purpose and meaning. But today, I am choosing to trust Jesus Christ with my life. In him, there is a life that is full of purpose. In him I can become what I could never be without him and what you have created me to be, I can become that person through Christ. And I confess with my mouth, Lord, that he died for all of my sins, my past, my present, and my future sins. And thank you for offering me complete forgiveness. I believe today that he rose from the dead on the third day, and he's alive and well at the Father's right hand. And because of that, I have the gift of eternal life, and I have an abundant life and a full life. So thank you for a new start that's filled with purpose and direction. And I open up my heart to you, and I raise my hand, and I say, fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can, alive, I can live a life of power And victory, and I pray this in the name that is above all names. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, I want everyone to keep your heads bowed, and if that's you today that you're saying, "I'm going to give my life to Jesus," I want you to raise your hand so that God can see it. Amen. I see your hand in the yes, yes. I see your hands, and more importantly, God sees your hands. And you know what? It's beautiful because right now in heaven, there is a party going on that you would never, ever, ever imagine. It's probably about 10 of you that said, you know what? I'm either, I'm either giving my life to Jesus or I'm rededicating my life to Jesus. And, and that's a beautiful thing. So don't leave without doing this for me, okay? Now you can look at me. Look at me, beloved. It's a special day today. It's a special day. Do this for me on your connection card. Don't ever be embarrassed of the things of God. Don't ever be embarrassed, amen? On your connection card, there's a place that says, I'm giving my life to Jesus today. Check that box and say, I am I am giving my life to Jesus. That way we can agree with you. That way we can rejoice with you. And that way it can be just sealed here today. A beautiful thing, amen? Uh, the other thing that you can do is you're rededicating your life. Maybe the Lord spoke to you and, 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 and you, maybe you walked away and, and, and you're saying, you know what, I need to separate from the things that are trying to destroy me. You're walking back to God. You're, you're, you're rededicating your life. There's a place right there. Mark it down. And we're going to pray and I'm believing. I am believing with all of my heart that the God of all power, that the God that can change our lives, through the power of his word and his might is changing people today changing him for changing you for his glory changing you so that you're not embarrassed of him in your school changing him so you're not embarrassed about him at your work changing him so that you will you will be a, a light to your family because they need God like we need God amen can we sing a song of praise to him can you rejoice This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.